Hello and welcome to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Thank you very much indeed for tuning into this episode. Now, today we're going to talk about the last weekend's World Rally Championship round in Sweden. But before we do, I have a very, um, a very pleasing announcement to make. Um, next month, uh, I will be heading over to the Super Sebring event uh, in Florida uh, in about four or five weeks' times, and I am so excited because at Sebring, Sebring is one of the iconic American racetracks, an old airfield with a lot of the track made out of concrete rather than tarmac as well, and it's an absolutely fantastic place um, for, for sports car racing. But the cool thing about Super Sebring is, is that on the Friday, we have a round of the World Endurance Championship, the 1,000 miles of Sebring. And then on the Saturday, we have the Blue Ribbon event, the IMSA Sebring 12 hours as well. So two paddocks coming in to race at Sebring over that weekend in the middle of March. And I'm delighted that I'm going to be able to attend. And just this morning, thanks to the wonderful Krista Riley at Wayne Taylor Racing, I will be interviewing Renger van der Zander and... Ryan Briscoe and possibly Scott Dixon uh, as as well, which will be such a treat. So for all you sports car fans uh, on uh, who listen to the show, um, be there'll be plenty of podcasts coming out from uh, that event, and there's a lot of other requests I've I've started to make for interviews as well. So there's going to be lots of content from there. But that's sports cars. That's in the future. Let's talk about. Rallying, the World Rally Championship, which is a real favourite category here on the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Now, this is the second round of the championship. We had a fantastic Monte Carlo rally a couple of weeks ago. If you didn't listen to our podcast uh, about that, why not? You should have done. <laughs> but um, check it out and, and, and you'll find out what, what happened in Monte Carlo. Sweden, also a winter rally like Monte Carlo, but... This year, not a winter rally as we're used to seeing it. Normally, Sweden is a complete whiteout, a winter wonderland of of snow, massive snow banks for the cars to bounce off as they fly down the stages. Now, Sweden is actually renowned as one of the fastest rallies on the calendar, which is quite bizarre because a rally that's held completely on snow and ice, normally if you're driving in your road car on snow and ice, you're going at walking pace at best. But... Um, in the World Rally Championship, they have these wonderful tyres with over 300 little tungsten studs on the tyres to grip into the surface and provide fantastic traction and grip and ability to go at mind-bending speeds, particularly in these brand new World Rally cars. Oh, I say they keep calling them the brand new World Rally cars. They're a couple of seasons old now, but they still just look so space-age with all their aerodynamics and near 400 horsepower engines. They are extraordinary pieces uh, of, of kit, are reportedly costing up to a million euros per car. So quite extraordinary. Now, this Rally Sweden, as I said, was a very, very different event indeed because the temperatures in Sweden have been much higher this winter and a lot less um, snow and ice has formed. So a large section of the route of Rally Sweden had to be changed, the route had to be completely changed, moved around, and even then, still not enough snow um, to, to really 
put on a traditional Rally Sweden, let's say. So actually the, the, the event only ran nine stages compared to the usual 20 or so that you'll see in a normal World Rally Championship event. But it was really important for, um, to, to, to do that rather than cancel the event altogether. Now, the reason why you think, well, no problem if there's no, if there's no snow, just carry on on the, on the gravel as normal. But the problem is, is that the tyre allocation for Sweden is those snow tyres and those snow and ice tyres with the little tungsten studs in them. And that cannot be changed. So for an event where there's no snow and no ice, these tyres can be damaged very, very easily um, with the, the gravel surface. We even saw some of the drivers um, during the weekend actually starting the stage in second gear to try and minimise wheel spin, to try and save the studs for the rest of the rally. And what we actually saw was it was almost like, you know, in, in Monte Carlo, it's a tarmac rally, but often, um, you know, you can go from dry tarmac to ice to snow and back to dry tarmac in the same stage. <clears throat> but what we saw in Sweden was almost a bit like a Monte Carlo-like rally, but with gravel underneath, if you like. So, and what it meant was that the drivers had to be tactical. They had to save their tyres. They had to keep try and keep the studs within the tyre. But if they were too cautious, they would lose time. So it was a real tactical battle and took real experience and skill. But as we'll come on to, a revelation of the World Rally Championship a young 19-year-old Cali Rovenpera managed to get himself onto the podium, so um, showing that he is he is definitely the, the real deal. So it was a really, really curious event, but an event that was at real risk of cancellation just days before uh, the, the event. Now, um, after the event, um, Jean Todd, the president of the FIA, he came out quite strongly um, saying that this will not happen again, not this cannot, this will not happen again, saying that the Rally Sweden must be in the snow, this is not an option to, to run it on gravel if the snow doesn't fall. Now, it's difficult to, I mean, it, even they're, they're, they're talking about moving further north where there's more chance of snow, but of course you're, nowadays you are just, you're talking about a chance. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen this uh, in Rally Sweden. In fact, when Colin McCree was back driving the Subaru Legacy in the early 90s, and they had a similar um, situation on Rally Sweden as well. So it is not a new, uh, it's not a new issue. It, it, it can happen from, from time to time. So will Rally Sweden remain on the calendar? Well, with 12 months to go, it's very difficult to find a replacement event on snow. And I think for a World Rally Championship, a snow event is really, really important. And if you think from a marketing perspective, the car manufacturers want to try and promote uh, a four-wheel drive vehicle or the tyre manufacturers want to promote a type of snow tyre which they sell to the public, Rally Sweden is a perfect way to activate that and to promote that to the general public. So we'll need to wait and see, but Jean Todt made it very clear that, the, that he basically the Rally Sweden and its current guys can't stay, so they need to move north into somewhere where there's far higher chance of um, of snow. So our winner of Rally Sweden was the Welshman Elvin Evans. Now Elvin Evans, in just two rallies with the Toyota Gazoo Racing Team, he has come of age, and I part half of me is so so happy for him and his co-driver Scott Martin and they're really showing their potential. But half of me also feels incredibly sorry for um, the M Sport Rally team. The M Sport Rally team who 
Bill, uh, who took Elvin Evans right up from national level all the way up to the World Championship and of course culminating in that fantastic win in 2017 in Rally GB and had two very, very close calls of winning another two rallies with M-Sport as well. And it appears to me that with this new setup with Toyota, the championship winning car last season, of course, you know, <laughs> we're, we're seeing Elvin Evans proving exactly what he is capable of. Um, so <laughs> basically Tommy Mackinnon and his Toyota Gazoo racing team, they are they are reaping the benefits of Malcolm Wilson and M-Sport's investment in Elvin Evans, which is a bit of a shame on that side. However, let's think positively about it. It's fantastic to see Elvin Evans proving how quick he can be. He had an excellent Monte Carlo finishing on the podium there and um, winning here in Rally Sweden by 12.7 seconds. He was the class of the field all weekend long. Yes, it was a short rally, only nine stages in the end, as I said, but he was straight out of the blocks really, really quick. Now, bear in mind, this is a car that he's only had a limited amount of winter testing in. He's only had a very, very short amount of seat time in this car. It's brand new. It, the whole team's brand new. It's a completely different setup. It's a big factory team. You know, this is Toyota, no expense spared. Tommy Mackin's the team manager. It is really one massive project. M Sport, as we've always talked about M Sport on the podcast, the uh, M Sport are a real giant killing team with their with their Ford Fiestas. They are not a Ford factory team. They are a private business that run these rally cars. And quite an extraordinary effort too. Um, but now that Evans is in a factory team, he really has taken that opportunity and grabbed it with both hands. And heading out of Rally Sweden, he leads the championship for the very first time and is the only man to finish on the podium in both of the first two rallies. Now, again, getting used to any car will take time, but on any rally, but on rallies like Monte Carlo and Sweden, as we saw it this weekend, these are really, really, these are not normal rallies. They're very, very tricky um, to, to, to adjust, and you need a car that you're comfortable with, and clearly, Elvin Evans is very, very comfortable with this, uh, with this Toyota. And so far, he has had the measure of his six-time world champion teammate, Sebastian Auger. So uh, it's fantastic to see Elvin doing so well. Is he now one of the big four? You know, we, at the moment we have the big three. Oit Tanak, last year's world champion. Thierry Neuville, four times second place in the world championship. And Sebastian Auger, the six-time world champion. They have been in a class of their own. They've been in a subclass above all others in the World Rally Championship up to now. Has Elvin Evans stepped up into the big four? Well, I think we're going to know within a couple of rallies if that's the case or not. If he can take on that momentum from Sweden and head out and, and, and win a couple more, who knows, we could be seeing Elvin Evans fighting for the World Championship, and that would be fantastic uh, to see. However, <laughs> almost it's almost a shame for Elvin Evans. His performance, although he won the rally, his 19-year-old teammate in only his second WRC event in a World Rally car, Cali Robin Perra, came third, finishing on the podium and beating his teammate, six-time world champion Sebastian Auger, in a straight fight. Absolutely extraordinary performance. Now, he's had two highly difficult rallies to start with, Monte Carlo and Sweden, and he has driven with the most immense maturity of someone who's had 
10 years more experience than him. And we've seen so many other drivers come into the World Rally Championship and take a long time, not only to get used to the, the World Rally car, the stages, everything, but a lot of the times, even when you see an experienced driver change car, they take they take a, a number of rallies to get up to speed. Cali Rovenpera is in a brand new car, a brand new category. Yes, he'll have seen a few of the stages before, but 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 not many. And he has been absolutely incredible. And he, you can tell that anybody, <laughs> anybody doubting that he's the real deal, well, these performances in Monte Carlo and uh, in in Sweden um, prove that. You do not beat the. <laughs> You do not beat Sebastian Ogier in a straight fight unless you are something very, very special uh, indeed. And actually, he sits only 12 points off the championship lead. Quite an extraordinary performance to get on the podium in the in his only his second event. And my tip, I think we could see uh, we should we could see Cali Rovenpera competing for the win in Rally in Rally Finland and um, perhaps even on Rally GB uh, uh, as as well. I think it, I would not be surprised if we see him winning a rally by the end of the year, which would be quite extraordinary to win a rally in his opening season. The last person to do that was Esa Pekalapi, um, who won in Finland, funnily enough, in a Toyota as a Finn, um, and, I, and I think it was only his fourth ever World Rally Championship event. Speaking of Esapekalapi, you know, Esapekalapi, um, you know, had a difficult, you know, he had such a great start to his World Rally career with that win in Finland um, in 2017. But ever since, he's sort of, he's, he had a two years with, well, one and a half years with Toyota, struggled a bit there, went into the Citroen team last year and really, really struggled with the car. And the problem is when, when you don't have a happy lappy uh, you you I mean he really gets down on himself when things aren't going well and last year we saw both Sebastian Ogier and Esapeka Lappi both really really struggling at the wheel of that Citroen C3 and Ogier was able to hide it to a point Lappi could not hide it at all his displeasure with that car now with having lost his drive with Citroen last year when Citroen dropped out of the sport and going into M Sport Immediately, I've seen such a change in Esapeka Lappi um, this this year. He seems much more of a happy Lappi this year. You look, you listen to his stage end interviews. He's got a smile on his face. He's more comfortable with the car. He looks more comfortable with the M Sport Fiesta, uh, and he seems to to really like that team as well. And he's had two really good, solid results in this to, to to start the season with. And as we, you know, heading into Mexico, he'll have a really good road position. Mexico reliability of the car is crucial and that's one thing that M Sport are class leading in terms of reliability for their little Fiesta WRC. So good to see um, Lappi performing well at the wheel of that beautiful M Sport Fiesta in its retro livery that it's got this year. What about the reigning world champion? How did he get on? Well, Oit Tanak, um, after the most horrific crash in Monte Carlo um, on the fourth stage of that event, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's it's not for the faint-hearted, that, that clip, and is such a testament to just how safe uh, a world rally car is now. And with the hands device, roll cages, the seat position, everything, 
incredible safety and just the most one of the biggest accidents I've ever seen in all my life of watching motor racing and both drivers were able to walk away uh, un- relatively uh, unharmed and get back in the car for Sweden and you know Oit Tanak though his worries is he gonna you know is he gonna maybe take a little while to adjust to the Hyundai not a bit of it he you know he said at the end of the Swedish rally when he came in in second position he said the speed in the car is there I just need to learn how to get the very best out of it. So if this is him with plenty of room to improve and he's finishing and not, and not too far away, 12 seconds off the lead in second, I think Oid Tanak is going to be just as formidable a force as he was at Toyota last year. And I think this year for Oid Tanak, I suspect that for him, this is a season where he proves that he is the difference. Not last, you know, Last year, the Toyota was seen as the best car but nobody was 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 denying Tanak of, you know, the the title of being the best driver. But I think he wants to ram that point home this year by going out and winning the title in uh, the Hyundai. So let's let's wait and see. I think the one thing about the <laughs> the one thing about the World Rally Championship this year is the depth of the field. I mean, in twenty nineteen we saw a really competitive field, but this year is just another step up again because. We've got Sebastian Ogier and Esipeka Lapi, who last year were really, really unhappy and really, really struggling and almost castrated by the limited performance of the Citroen C3. Now they are both in cars that that they clearly enjoy much better. I think Ogier is still really just getting into his his stride with the Toyota. And we're going to see Sebastian Ogier really be so consistent throughout throughout the year. And that's what he how he's won all of his championships by just being relentless uh, in his consistency. But if you look at Toyota, for example, now Toyota have three drivers who are right on the pace. Whereas last year, you could argue that Oit Tanak was the only one on the pace. Chris Meek struggled and Yanni Matilatvila really, really struggled. So there's three Toyotas right on the pace. Neuville, in the, he's got the continuity of being at Hyundai, the Belgian. He's been been in that team for so long. He knows the car inside out, so he's going to be as big a force as he always has been. Tanak's quick immediately in the in the Hyundai as well. So although we have two less factory cars in the championship this year with the loss of Citroen, actually in a, in a strange way, it's actually strengthened up the depth of the field even with two less cars because everyone just seems to be in that in that groove in that happy place. And I think we're going to see. If you make even the slightest mistake, you are you are you are you are right down the order very very quickly. You know the the fields are so tightly packed now with this new specification of World Rally Car. Speaking of specifications of World Rally Car, we're going to hear in the next couple of months, we hope, um, how the new World Rally Car um formula will look now it feels like we've only just had a new formula but actually we're now in our fourth season with these um you know very heavily aerodynamically dependent world rally cars you know with apparently an engine costing a hundred and fifty thousand euros a piece i mean absolutely extraordinary compared to an r5 engine from the wrc2 class that cost thirty thousand euros that is a that is a big big difference and of course a big a big um wish from a lot of the manufacturers is to be able to promote 
hybrid technology and that's something that's been confirmed that hybrid technology will be coming into uh, the, the sport and the tender uh, is out for suppliers to, to, um, to, be, to be granted that contract to supply a specification hybrid unit to the teams. Now, what we've seen uh, in the World Rally Championship since this new level of car has come in, because the cars are so expensive, you know, the new car, you know, nearly double the price of what the old what the pre-2017 rally, World Rally car was. And what we've seen is, is it's gone to an exclusively factory-backed program. M Sport being the only small exception, but they still do get a little bit of support from Ford. We've seen no privateer efforts apart from Mads Osberg um, in, in 2017. And even then, that, you know, that was apparently ruinously expensive for, for, for Mads. So I think one thing that's really, really, really important is to look at the cost uh, of these World Rally cars and how can they, um, how can we get more cars in the championship? And a lot of people are talking about basing the cars on the existing R5 formula, which I think is a really good idea. And if you look at how much the teams are spending on aerodynamics, now that is wasted money in my opinion nowadays in motorsport because the aerodynamics are something that the crowd standing stage side don't care about, that people on the TV don't care about, it's invisible. But what is visible is the number of cars that turn up to compete and the number of drivers and the number of nationalities that can come to compete. And that all comes down to cost. And of course, the manufacturers, they're, they're, you know, the car manufacturers are in a difficult period right now. The automotive industry is in one of its most difficult periods in generations. And they're in this horrible kind of halfway house of moving to electrification and new technologies, but the, co the cost of that is still very high. So if you're wasting millions of euros of budget on trying to make the car aerodynamically strong, to my mind, that could be spent on either reducing the cost of the car or uh, developing uh, the hybrid the hybrid systems and showcasing those hybrid systems in the cars. Um, I think hybrid is the way to go, but it needs to be done very, very carefully in terms of cost. And, you know, I, I don't understand how um, you can you can justify keeping an engine that costs five times more than a much, you know, a much suitable uh, alternative. So we'll wait and see uh, as, as as well. I think it's it's very loud and clear how important that cost is for the new generation of World Rally cars that we're going to see in a couple of years' time. So that's that's the 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 World Rally Championship. Um, next up, we go to to Mexico in a few weeks' time for the first proper gravel rally, and that might be where we see the real proper running order. Uh, and, and see who really has the pace on all-out gravel pace, which is really the big barometer of who's got what for the rest of the season. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you'd like to check out some of the other episodes, including some interviews with a number of drivers in sports cars and touring cars, uh, including uh, Jordan Taylor, uh, Catherine Legg, Ryan DL, Rory Butcher, we've been really lucky to sit down and have a chat with a number of, um, of, of motor racing stars and thankfully next month in Sebring I'll get the chance to speak to a few more as well um, so you can check those out um, via your, your podcast provider uh, you can subscribe on whichever provider you prefer whichever you're listening to and you get a handy notification 
telling you when a new episode is turning up. If you want to look back into the into the library of episodes, you can go on my my website, which is www.petermckaymotorsport.com, and you can go on there and check out all the podcasts and also some of the written work that I do in motorsport as well. Thank you very much indeed for listening to this episode, and I very much look forward to speaking to you again very soon.